This episode of Rise Up is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. Or if you're on social media, hashtag MinuteWithMary. Don't know what it is? Search it. Hashtag MinuteWithMary. I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry, and I'm not throwing away my shot. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to Rise Up. It's a podcast dedicated to the smash Broadway hit Hamilton. So sit back and relax and let's raise a glass to freedom. Hello, everybody. How's it going? My name is Mary Larson. Man, and my name is Blake. I just got chills. I know. I just got some chills off it's of this happening. bad boy. It is happening. Wow. Okay, so we're doing this. That's what this episode is entitled. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome, one and all. Well, you know, this is actually starting off as something as a uh, 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 thank you to all of our patrons uh, for Outlander Cast and everybody that just listens to Mary and Blake in general. But uh, I'm very happy to be here to be doing this. Uh, Hamilton has become such a, a prevalent part of our lives. Um, we're, we're actually going again, uh, uh, what, is in August? Yeah, we're, we're going, going very shortly. You know, we're recording this June 30th as of right now uh, in 2019. So we're going again uh, in, in August uh, in 2019. And I'm so excited. Mary, how are you feeling about doing a Hamilton podcast? You know, I'm just really excited to... Um do something a little different. You yeah. know, we've been podcasting a lot. For those of you who don't know us, uh, we podcast a lot about television shows and shows that we get to geek out upon. Frequently, they're based upon books. Sometimes they're not. So this is something that is very different for Blake and I. And of course, with Hamilton, I mean, yes, it could be sneaking around and getting pirated versions of the play. But for the most <laughs> part, you don't get to rewind and see the play every day. It's something, though, more you're enjoying on the album. You're enjoying listening on your walk, on your drive, or just singing it to yourself with your loved ones or singing it in the shower. So it's a very different medium for us to be podcasting about. And for that, I'm pumped. I'm pumped, too, man. I'm, I'm just pumped. I'm, I, I love, like I said before, I love Hamilton. It's, man... It's just spectacular. I know that there are some other Hamilton podcasts out there, um, many of which you can listen to and get different things from different people. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think in the meantime, this will be kind of how we handle things uh, in terms of how we listen to our shows. If you're familiar with our shows that we've done before, we break things down thematically. We break things down by characters. We... We're going to be treating it more than just music. We're going to be treating it as a story as well, a story, a, a fantastic story that's been mm-hmm. told. Uh, so I think that's worth it. So just wanted to remind you, if you guys are listening to this podcast, thank you very much for listening. You can check out all of our other podcasts that we do, including Outlander Cast. The North Remembers for Game of Thrones. Uh, this is us too. Uh, about this is us on NBC. You've been Gilmore. We we got so many podcasts. It's it's out, it's out of control. It's amazing. Uh, you can find them all at <laughs> maryandblake.com. and you can search us on social media. Just check us out on Facebook, Mary and Blake, or on Twitter, Mary and Blake as well. And you'll be able to email us at maryandblakemedia at gmail.com. You can get in touch with us if there's anything you want us to chat about about Hamilton. We are more than happy to do so. Just give us a call and we're there. 
Ask for now, my darling. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to do this? You ready to get in? Okay, so we're doing this? Well, what if someone has not seen Hamilton? Hold up. Like, someone may be listening to this because they just stumbled upon it. And what can they do if they've not yet seen Hamilton? And maybe Hamilton's not coming to their area. Can they still participate, Blake? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, 100%. Resounding yes. Yes. This podcast does not require you to see the show. It doesn't require you to see the show at all. It would help. We will talk about some of the things that will are seen in the show in future episodes. Uh, we may even mention something here uh, in this particular episode. Mm. Uh, but if you have listened to the Hamilton album, you can participate with this as well. So don't worry about it. If you've listened and you just happen to love it, you rock out to it in your car yeah. like I do almost every single day. Or I, I remember once I read a TV sh- uh, a, a, a T-shirt that said, my thoughts have been replaced with Hamilton lyrics. Mm-hmm. That's 100% true for me, by the way. <laughs> uh, if your thoughts have been replaced by Hamilton lyrics, that's okay. You are not alone. You're not alone. You're not a, you're not a dork. You're with us. So, all right. So, are we doing this? We are. Okay. Jumping in. We're doing this. Ladies and gentlemen, you could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with us in New York City. Are you ready for a cabinet meeting? Huh? The issue on the table. Today we are talking about an intro to Hamilton and how Mary and I have come across Hamilton, how we fell in love with it, all the things that we love about it, all the things that just get us good and Pumped. boiled, baby. Pumped, man. Good and boiled. So, Mary, I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you. How did you discover Hamilton and how did I discover Hamilton? How did this whole process <laughs> go down? So uh, being a musician myself I was a music major in college. I have a music degree. Um, I love musical theater. I've directed many uh, musical theater show uh, for the schools that I've worked at. I just love it, man. I just love musical theater. And so when Hamilton started to come out, I first heard about it um, through one of my besties, Julie, who lives in Brooklyn, who's on the up and up. You know, people who live in New York City, they, of course, know. Like, it's a big thing when a new hot show hits the town. And, of course, it's just the buzz. That's what people talk about at the water cooler. Because Mm -hmm. you live there, so you can possibly go check it out. Or you could be entering lotteries to win tickets. So, of course, your New York friends are going to hear hear about the hot shows and they're going to let you know so that when it does come to a city near you you know what's going on so she and her family were supposed to come up for Thanksgiving she called me up and she said listen I can't come to Thanksgiving anymore because my husband and I are being gifted tickets to see the show Hamilton and I was like what you're skipping Thanksgiving to go see a show I mean I appreciate shows but like are you kidding and she's like no you don't get it like tickets to this are like $700 per person mm-hmm. if you're lucky if you can get tickets like this is the new show the hot show we've got to go we got to skip Thanksgiving girl and I thought what in the world like what could be such a big deal about this show so off she went and I asked her so how was your Thanksgiving you know they didn't go on Thanksgiving like the day before and I was like so how was the show and she said it was better than I ever expected yeah. it is my new favorite and this girl goes and sees a lot of shows so I was like alright whatever it's this rap show about history I'm not going to check it out I became a contrarian guys that's what happened <laughs> is I heard through the grapevine some rap musical about US history was like the next big thing 
And I wrote it off like, I'm not going to listen to this. I'm not going to listen to this garbage, okay? I have seen To this garbage, guess it right. Yes. I was like, (laughs) I'm, you know, this is the big thing. You know, it's like the next trend. So I, being a contrarian, not really usually, but I was just like stuck in the mud. Like, I'm not going to do this. And the other thing you need to know is that I frequently go to musicals. I am a subscriber for my local theater here in Providence. We do, we're very fortunate. We're generally one of the first off-Broadway stops. So people rehearse in New York, they get all ripped ready to go or wherever they're rehearsing. And Providence is one of the first off-Broadway stops. So we see the hot new musicals like a year later. Mm -hmm. So I like to go see new musicals and experience the music for the first time. I like to be a purist. I want to have the whole new world shining, shimmering, splendid while I'm seeing it in the theater. So I thought, all right, when Hamilton does come around, which it will at some point, I'm going to watch it then. But... Alas, I was tempted um, by an amazing listener of our Outlander Cast podcast, Deidre. She is another musician in New York who had seen the show. She and her husband came up to Rhode Island, met up with us. We had some lunch and she was like, how have you guys not listened to the Hamilton soundtrack? Like, how is this even possible? You two love history. You two love music. Like, you you quote musicals all the time. How have you not done this? And I sat there and I said, because well, I just want to experience that all at once. Why is it really good? And she said, not only is it really good, but you'll be doing yourselves a huge disservice if you haven't listened to the, the score beforehand multiple times because there is so much lyrically inside this show that you would you're gonna miss it if you're just seeing it all at once and and really you need to just like listen to this score so I asked her is this all just rap I'm not a huge rap person and she said not at all I don't know why it's getting that that rap but I'm pumped in get it get it and because of Deidre I, that was bad. That was bad. Oh, <laughs> that was a bad joke. I uh, I had a long drive ahead of me the next week or two later. I downloaded the album off of iTunes and I drove uh, to Martha's Vineyard. It takes a couple hours to get to Martha's Vineyard. And as I'm listening, I'm riveted. And the first song I fell in love with was You'll Be Back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I need to listen to that one again and like sing along. Because it's easy to like pick up really. It's easy, easy, easy med- melody. And then on the way home from Mother's Vineyard, I listened to the second half of the album and I was crying. And I remember Blake and I were in separate cars and I said, Blake, tonight <laughs> we are going to start a tradition and we are going to listen to two pieces off the Hamilton album every night in bed. And he's on the phone with me saying, you're crazy. We ain't doing that. We're not, we're not going to get that done. But, you know, um, for those of you who don't know, obviously, <laughs> quite yet, uh, Mary and I are married. And we share a lot of things in common, a lot of, a lot of things that we love. Uh, one of which is I love history. Mary is not much of a history buff. But uh, I love it. And I, I didn't want this to put a sour taste in my mouth uh, for my love of history. And we'll, we'll get into why in a little bit. But uh, she said, Blake, we're listening to this. We're, we're listening to <laughs> twice a night, two, two, I mean, two songs per night. And we're because I just wanted doing to it. savor it. So she put it on and I was like, what am I listening to? Like, what are we doing? And then I, I remember uh, listening to You'll Be Back and actually and thinking, wow, that was that's actually kind of funny and cute and yeah. like the wordplay with it and. I remember thinking that that's really good. And I started like to uh, take it more seriously. And then it got to the point where 
we were just sitting out. It was summertime, and we were sitting out on our deck and just drinking bottles of wine and <laughs> listening to this album. And all of a sudden, this song came up that would be enough. Mm-hmm. And I was going through a very personally tough time with um, just just my own feelings on on life and where I'm going and what am I what am I doing and I was very upset because I felt like I wasn't giving Mary the kind of life that she fiscally like yeah yeah just yeah I it felt was like very in line with the song I had I had specific goals in my life uh, that I knew I, that I know I can meet but I hadn't met yet and I'd pretty much been saying everything Eliza says right so you know. <laughs> Uh, Add a little music to it. So when you have that moment when, you know, Hamilton does say, you know, would you relish being a poor man's wife? And she says, I relish being your wife. It doesn't matter. None of this stuff. None of them. We don't need money. We don't need any of that crap. I just have you. That is enough for me. And at that moment, I just started sobbing. I was just crying, tears flowing down. And that was it. I was hooked. I was I was in on it. And from then on, we just kept drinking more wine and we listened to pretty much the entire album after that. You know, all two and a <laughs> half, two hours and 45 minutes of this bad boy we're listening to on the deck of our, uh, uh, in our front yard. Yep. So that was really cool. I, it was a great experience. And ever since then, it's just captured my imagination. And, mm-hmm. and I, and I, I hear something new every time Agreed. I feel like, I feel like I catch something, something different, whether it's subtle or thematically or, you know, just, just musically. Um, I just catch something different each mm-hmm. time. But, you know, in the meantime, Mary, we have this notion of you love musicals. I love musicals. I love history. I mean, you're not so much of a history, but we both enjoy. I appreciate what history has done for us. I'm just not the person to sit down and read a book about it. We both enjoy TV shows and breaking them down and just enjoying the visual arts, Mm -hmm. the performing arts. Having said that. Just so people get an idea of where you're at in terms of musicals or 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 plays or whatever, what is your favorite musical aside from Hamilton? Let's just take that out oh. from right now. What's on the top of your list? Oh wow! Okay, um, currently mm-hmm. beautiful, the Carol King uh, musical. Really? Yeah, that's that is one thing I did not know. <laughs> You haven't seen it either. No, I haven't. No, it's that's my that's my top one right now. Would be beautiful. The most recent one that I've seen is Waitress. Yes, uh, which which was good, um, but beautiful right now is my current favorite. Um, another one that let's see. So like beautiful is beautiful. It's just downright flipping amazing. You are one with the wordplay hey, today, my friend. Guys, let me tell you, I am <laughs> on a roll. I obviously need another coffee. For the musicality of it, like ones that I just want to sing over and over again that literally give me all the feels, Les Mis. I mean, like oh, that's yeah, just well, yeah, come on. like staple. That's the cheat button. No, it's not the cheat. It's 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 like, you know what I mean? It has to be up there. That's but then another one that is really fun that if you haven't seen is A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. That one yep. is really, really fun. It caught me off guard that I didn't realize how much fun I was going to have watching Absolutely. it. And it's one that I also would recommend people watch. So beautiful, um, Lamis, and A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. I remember being like very impressed and surprised by that show, A Gentleman's Guide to Murder. <laughs> Love and murder, yes. Love and murder. I, I remember thinking, <laughs> all right, well, like, what are we doing with this show? Like, come on. Like, it's we're so quirky. Go. It, and then, it, it, yeah. And then all of a sudden, you start laughing. And, yeah. 
and it's a hysterical show, but it's they got all these different costume changes of people coming in and out, and great show. Uh, for me, my favorite is hands down, no question. Just forget about it. Phantom of the Opera. That is your favorite. I mean, there's just there's no way around it. I yeah. mean, Phantom of the Opera uh, is <laughs> Hamilton. I think is now my favorite. Mm. It's it's one A and one yeah. B. Mm-hmm. If if you catch me on a Phantom of the Opera night, it's Phantom. If you catch me on a Hamilton night, it's Hamilton. Uh, I really love. There's just something so gorgeous, so cinematic, and something it's so, just so you torturous. <laughs> it's so, it's so you. me. I know. It's so, it's it's like depressing and just off. Like just. Just the stuff that happens in there. Blake's a Pisces. You all need to know that it's as so well. It's so emo. It's so Pisces. It's a very Pisces kind of show. Okay, so you have Phantom, you have Hamilton. What else? Do you need one more? No, I, I, I really... That's it? No, I, I mean, I, I, of course, I like I like Les Mis. You know, I really liked also... Oh, what was the one we saw? Um, how to Get Away with in Business with Doing Nothing or whatever it was. How to Succeed in yeah, Business, yeah. yeah. I really liked that play, uh, too. We loved it especially because <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe was, was the lead. Awesome. He was so good. And so many great uh, performers get to have that role, but that is a very, very fun show. That was great. That oh, was my God. Great. I also need to give a shout out for like my solid, like has been something that I was praying would become a musical on yep. stage. Newsies. <laughs> if you haven't seen Newsies, get yourself there. Headlines don't sell papes. <laughs> New- <laughs> it's such a dork. There's one thing I'm surprised that you didn't say. What? I, I thought this was the surefire number one. What? You're a wizard, Harry. A very Potter musical. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I thought you were going to say A Cursed Child, and I was like, I haven't seen it yet, Blake. Yeah, but no, but I thought- I haven't I, seen it that, yet. That's true. You need a two-day commitment for that. Valid point. All right, uh, so- Yeah, very Potter musical I've never seen on stage. So I- Wait, but you've seen it YouTube yeah. and the whole thing. I I'm, thought that yes, would be- Yes, yes. You know what? Worthy mention for sure. You're welcome. So <laughs> we we have discussed that Mary is- Or a very Potter sequel. Uh, is- you know, she's appreciative of what history has done for her. And uh, obviously, I'm a huge history dork. I got my degree in uh, modern history with a... Uh, it's fo- like we were made to do this podcast. I know, with a focus on um, the American... Rev- well, with a focus on... Early. Mm, early American history, uh, Napoleon, that that whole era. So the founding of America all the way to current modern events. Uh, and if, in case you are curious, I in fact did also get a minor uh, in ancient history, uh, r- the rise of Alexander all the way to the fall of the Roman Empire. You're welcome for that too. <laughs> yes, we're so interested, Blake. <laughs> but, Mary, your experience with Hamilton, <laughs> the historical figure, did you, did you have any, did you know anything about no. Alexander Hamilton before any of this. Nope. Nothing. So little that I don't even know who was on the $10 bill beforehand. Oh my God. Guys, when it comes to history, I'm not great with this stuff. I understand the importance of things. I understand what happened because of things. But when it comes to people's names, that brought my grades down. You want to know what my lowest graded class was all of high school? What? Social studies. Because... Shame. I can't remember names. I remember the importance of things and why things happened. And I can tell you like, oh, these people over here, they fought for X, Y, Z. And these people over here are mad. But if you expect me to know dates, places where they fought or anybody's names, you got another thing coming. 
Not great, Bob. So yeah, I would have known. Okay, Hamilton. Yes, he was an important person. I would have easily said he was a president. I, I, that was my next question. That easily, was, if you uh, were like, "Oh, what Alec? What president was Alexander Hamilton?" I would be like, nine. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would have believed you, especially if you were like, "He's on the ten dollar bill." I'd be like, "Obviously, he had to have been," because like everybody on a bill. <laughs> Washington's on one, Lincoln's on two, Jefferson's on 20. I would have told, why the, seriously. I mean, I'm really happy he got the, who's on the 50? Jefferson is not on the 20. Who's on the 20 then? Jefferson's on the 100, right? Andrew Jackson's on the 20. Jefferson is on (laughs) the $2 bill. Who's Andrew Jackson? Is he a president? Yes. (laughs) Ben Franklin's on the 100. Who's on the 50? Grant? Uh, Grant, yes, you're right. Good girl. Good job. He looks funny. Oh. He looks like he likes like barbecues. Like he looks like he'd be that sweaty guy. You know what I mean? He looks like he'd be that sweaty guy manning the barbecue, the grill. Like. (laughs) Like, yeah, guys, come over for the fourth. Like, I'm going to be cooking burgers. And be like, gosh, that guy gets so hot. You know, he sweats all the time and he wants to grill. You're not far off because he was the commanding general in the Civil War who basically won the Civil War for the for the he Union. He probably sweat the whole time. And he was a wicked booze hound. He yeah. was a wicked booze hound. Oh, my hound. God. He would be the modern day grill, grill king. <laughs> See, this is what I would have talked about in history class. My teacher would have been like, so what did Grant do? And I would have written a paper. been like, I don't know much, but that man looks like he was a grill master. That guy was slugging beers every day. Seriously, my U.S. history uh, teacher, he told me, I met up with him years later when I became a teacher. I saw him at a bar and he said, I loved correcting your exams because when you didn't know something, you would make up extraordinary stories. And I said, I know, because at least it'd be fun. That's what I would have done. Ulysses Grant, is that his name? Yes. Yeah, I would have been like, he. I don't know anything. <laughs> well, this is not a, a Ulysses S. Grant podcast, okay. thankfully. Sorry. Otherwise, I just picture him as like now Guy Fieri. <laughs> no, like he looks bigger than, he looks like he like, uh, like I picture him like chopping up meat and oh stuff, man. Oh my God. All right, so this is a Hamilton podcast. Yes. And my experience with Alexander Hamilton was much different than what Mary's was. Thank um, God. Because... You know, I, I learned of Hamilton in in high school. In, in as you guys all know, like high school classes are great for history. Uh, they're they're like no, they're not. They're they're intros to what if you love history, they're intros to the things that you want to learn. And I was always fascinated by the American Revolution and the French Revolution. Um, you know the stuff that led up to it, the, the British empire being created and falling, all of it collapsing, it, it, how all that stuff kind of melded together. And when we were learning about the American revolution, of course you have all of these great names that, you know, George Washington and so on and so forth, Thomas Jefferson, Ben Franklin, all these guys, um, even John Adams. I mean, being from Massachusetts, you, you know, the Adams family because that's, that's, <laughs> To, you know uh, who they are because you know that they were from Massachusetts, right? So you got to know all these guys. And when I got to college, I was aware of Hamilton, but then I remember uh, one of my uh, philosophy uh, American political thought professors. He's the smartest guy I've ever met in my life, Professor Josephson at Saint Anselm College, did a whole lecture 
on American political thought. And one of them was based on Alexander Hamilton and how he created, well, what were, or at least tried to create the National Bank and how that affected the rise of the American central government as opposed to the agrarian style lifestyle that someone like Thomas mm. Jefferson wanted to know. And he gave us a, a very, not I'm not going to say detailed, but a very specific history on, on Hamilton's life. And then I remember listening to him and just being fascinated by this guy. And this is back in, what, uh, 2001, 2002. Uh, and I remember being fascinated and thinking, like, this guy is just wicked smart and very, like, just in your face. And I want to be a general and becomes one just because he could and never loses a battle. He he decides, I want to be a lawyer, and his bar is basically the basis for all of New York law, even to this day still. Um, he was just a fascinating dude. and, and But I didn't learn all the ins and outs, but he became, at that point, my favorite founding father. And before you say anything, before you say anything, let me just play it. No! Yes, I have a favorite founding father, <laughs> and it was even before Hamilton the musical, and it was Alexander Hamilton, just because the guy was so fascinating. And so when Mary said to me, hey, there's this thing called Hamilton, and we should listen to it, I was at this point where I said, no, I don't want to do it, because I have a specific vision of who Alexander Hamilton was. I read, I've read, i read many books about him. I've, uh, you know, I've just geeked out over this guy for over... 15 years, I don't want it to ruin my vision of him. Uh, so then when I started listening to it, I, I kind of pushed back a little bit saying, no, 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 this, this, this ain't anywhere where I want to be with, with this guy. But then they started getting into the characters and the emotionality of it all. And I learned some few things that I, I hadn't learned actually in, mm -hmm. in my previous studies. And I said, okay, this is, this is worthy of our time. This is absolutely worthy of, of listening to. So with that said, we listened to Hamilton. We listened to it constantly. We, we, we never let it go. And it actually became a very big personal goal of Mary and I's to actually go to see Hamilton. Mm -hmm. It was at this point, I think, last year when I finally found out that we were seeing Hamilton available in Connecticut because we are from Rhode Island. And, we were, and I, as a gift to Mary, I said, I'm going to get tickets and the tickets were like two days after Christmas. And I said, we're going. We're, we're absolutely going. That is it. And we got a hotel. We did the whole thing. It was great. What is your experience, do you think, watching the play as opposed to listening to the play, Mary? Oh, gosh. It's just a whole new sense. You know what I mean? It's, when, it's like when you read a book and then you see it on show. But the great thing is, is that frequently when your books are brought to screen, they change some of your favorite phrases. The characters may not look right because they're described in so much detail. And then someone might be short. They might have the wrong hair color. They might have the wrong body type. And the people that you made out to be in your book are not the ones you see on right. screen. The great thing that I have found listening to Hamilton and then seeing the show is that everything pretty much was still the same. The only problem was it wasn't Lin-Manuel <laughs> Lin Lin Yeah. He, you know... He, it's it's not him. So everyone else. I mean, there are some. I mean, you get well. There's you get, no so, Leslie Odom Jr. There's yeah. no Christopher Jackson. Yes. you know there. 
you know, Christopher Jackson as is as Washington is probably my favorite oh, portrayal as as General Washington yes, ever. Yes. Right? And He's so it's amazing. weird when like you're used to these voices and then the voices are, of course, different. They have their own, uh, you know, they're just a different human being. So aside from that, though, um, to see the choreography, the choreography in Hamilton is very unique. It's very different. The the staging is minimalistic, but the way that they use it and make you see different places, make you see, you know, um, a war, make you see a fight, make you see an intimate household just by using the same same stage is very, very unique. Um, I found it less jarring from reading a book to seeing a show from with Hamilton because the orchestration, the words, everything, everything was still the same. It's almost like while I listened to the album, I wasn't picturing things because it was just more focused on the music and singing along and, and the feelings that I had from it. I wasn't imagining it because when you're reading something, you know, they have to be so descriptive. They have to be telling you the colors of the walls Mm -hmm. and the certain physical aspects, but you don't get that by listening to a soundtrack. They're not like, here I am. And there's lots of bricks and I'm wearing, (laughs) Brown boots, you know, they don't do that. They're more. They're not giving t- you the elf treatment. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I found it a lot less jarring. I found it something that I could. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. And because I knew the score so well, because I knew what they were singing, I was able to really focus on the choreography, the the acting, the ability of their faces, like all these other things that made it even better. It went right. from being ice cream to an ice cream sundae. And right. it's awesome. But I do recommend to people that they do listen to the album before they see the show so that it can be that. Because I think otherwise your Sunday's going to be a little melted and the, the mint <laughs> chocolate chip gets into the strawberry a little bit. And the, it's, you're like, oh my gosh, there's just so much going on. There's a lot going on uh, the, between the choreography, the staging, the the costumes, mm-hmm. uh, all, all of it. it. It's it's a, a it's a visual cornucopia of splendor. I feel like Look at you with your. Are you trying to make fancy words because I can't today? No, no, no. It just it's just there's a lot of stuff happening. <laughs> I know, I know. And it's you not start even adding that fancy in of a word. You start adding in all of the lyrics and everything all the emotionality all of it together it's a sensory overload correct uh, and if you don't if you aren't familiar with the songs ahead of time because the songs do move so, move so quickly i think you're you need you're you're going to you're going to fall apart a mm-hmm. little bit when you when you're watching it and that's no fault of your own or whoever hasn't listened to it in advance it just it's just a matter of fact it just it is what it is it's just too much to keep up with and having said that if you do listen to it you're getting pretty much the entire show Yes, I relate it a lot to if you listen to Les Mis. Les Mis is, you know, very operatic that mm-hmm. like all pretty much all of the dialogue is done through singing. So because of that, when you get the soundtrack, when you get the, you know, you download the album, you pretty much listen to the entire play. And yep. Hamilton is the same way. You know what's going on in the plot. You know the conversations that are being had. But what you are missing out on is the visual aspect. Right. But plot wise, you know everything that yeah, happens. There's, there's only two moments that I can think of off the top my head that happened within the show that aren't on the album and they're not necessarily story elements they're just reaction things mm-hmm. um and like it's you know because like if you listen to phantom right you you listen to phantom and you, you pretty much get the whole story but there are things that happen in dialogue outside of the songs themselves with yes. hamilton you're getting every single thing essentially yes. uh and 
you're adding some choreography to it. And one of my favorite parts of the actual choreography itself is when you're having the duels Mm -hmm. and the shots ring out and it gets down to like this moment where it gets in Mm slow-mo and there's a, there's a woman, at least in the play that we saw, there's a woman who goes and like at the, at the beginning of the gun, as the shot rings out, everything slows down. You hear that like that. And she catches the bullet and she starts walking with the bullet in her hand. She is the physical embodiment of, of a the bullet. bullet. And, and she's walking towards the other person in very slow-mo as the song goes along. I would have never thought of that. Like I never would have thought of that in terms of the show, mm-hmm. number one, but also when you're listening to it, never would have had that great picturesque moment of this woman catching the bullet and walking with the bullet towards the target. Really cool stuff. And having said all that, I, I think like you do get some benefits of watching it. I don't really want to get into the whole idea of like, oh, well, you know, we saw XYZ dude singing the part of Alexander Hamilton and he just wasn't as good as Lin-Manuel or Miranda. I like the guy that we saw. He was a great He's singer. He's very different. He is very different. He's probably who we're going to see in Providence too. More than likely. Great singer, just not as good of an actor. Whereas, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda is a great actor, but not as great of a singer. You know what I mean? Like he's good. He has a very unique voice. He does. It's very unique. And it's gotten a lot better. <laughs> Over <laughs> and, time. No, for real. Yeah. Like he, he real I mean, when I listened to him and Mary Poppins, I was like, dang, you you got like it's very unique. I mean, right. that's the thing. Um So but I don't want to get into this no, whole like no. is it better with this guy or that guy? Like Tit that, for that's, tat, no. it's it's kind of irrelevant. Um but I having that visual aspect is important. So the big question though, Mary, is what is your favorite song? What is your favorite song on the Hamilton soundtrack? The one that you just, it blows your doors off. You know, that's a very difficult question. Yep. Because I think if you ask me this three years from now, when like our significant love affair with Hamilton is, <laughs> is a little bit less, um, I will have a very definite answer for you because I think it changes every day. Okay. Honestly, it changes yep. every day. Since now you've been listening to it so much, you know, we're singing it. And now our kids, we listen to the um, non-explicit version of the album. <laughs> our kids now have their own songs that Absolutely. they listen to, that they ask for. So those ones frequently are put a bit more on repeat than others. But if I had to say which one... I like to uh, like really, really rock out to. It's the room where it happens. Yes. And you know what it is? What? It's Burr when he goes, I <laughs> like yeah. that little like, because I'm like, gosh, like that is us. That is everyone who's always felt left out and has been like, I'm going to push myself. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Like we've all had that moment in life where you have wanted something desperately and you'll be doing anything you can to get it. Whatever that is, whatever your goal is. And you hear that yearning and you want to be there. Maybe it was back in middle school and you just wanted to be with the click. Maybe it's that you want this promotion at work. Maybe it's that you have set a goal for yourself to run a 5k, a marathon, whatever it is, but you are like, I am going to push myself. Um, and I just loved hearing his transformation in character of like just how he was able to keep his calm. And it just really gets like this bombastic ending to it. So that is my current favorite. How about yours? 
Oh man, I go back and forth on a lot of different songs. The Room Where It Happens is certainly one of them. Uh, Your Obedient Servant is mm. one of my favorite songs. <laughs> yes. I, oh God, I love that song, how they go back and forth with each other. And they, there's another great visual aspect too uh, mm-hmm. on that, and that, yes, in that song. Yes, you see the show. With the ballerina and she's dancing in between both of them and yep. she's delivering the letters as they're going back and forth. She's an owl. Oh man, she's, I'm not an owl. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, if you catch me on one day, it's it's probably going to be, oh, I mean, I, I really love um, Meet Me Inside as well. That oh, yes. That's such a great tune. But if you catch me on, on a good, on a, if you catch me on a bad day, well, no, I'm sorry. If you catch me on a good day, it's, that would be enough. Because mm, that's on, the one that got you. Yes. You catch me on a bad day, it's wait for it. Yeah. Um, that is our daughter's favorite, by the way. Oh, Absolutely. She loves that song. Yeah. She knows every single word to wait for. Yes. And, no, and she's four. Uh, just, I, God, I love, I love wait for it just because it just, it sets up pretty much immediately the conflict between Hamilton and Burr. Mm-hmm. And it does it in such a, a simple and elegant way. Uh, I really, mm-hmm. really loved it. All right. So having said that. What is your favorite lyric? What do you have for that that one lyric that just like, God, man, that like I this this album gets me, and I get this album. It it is it's something spectacular. Well, I think the one that is like the mantra of me. For those mm-hmm. of you who don't know me, I'm a hardcore optimist. Um, and as Blake said, you know when this this album really came into our lives, um, he was particularly at a low place, and I was like. I'm glass half full. And so I feel like one that I frequently love is look or look around at how lucky we are to be alive right oh, now. Yeah. Like that's, that is one that I love hearing. It's a great thing to remind you glass half full, glass half full. Like think of the things that you are grateful for. Um, one also that I love and I can't say it. I can't say it, but it is another mantra of mine mm-hmm. is I am the one thing in life I can control. I am imminitable. <laughs> I can't say it. I am in. I can't do it. Inimitable. Yeah, our daughter can do it. <laughs> she can actually. I am an original, so yeah. I love, love, love that line. Um, it's another thing that, as I've grown up, um, I've really had to realize that, like, I am my own best cheerleader. That no one will ever be as good a cheerleader for me as me. Mm-hmm. That I am the one thing in life I can control. Like, if I want something done, I need to do it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have people who love me who may be along for the ride, but they may not always be along for the ride. And sure. I am me. I am the one me there is, and I am in control of my own destiny. Mm-hmm. So those are the two that really strike a chord with me because they are like core beliefs that I have. And when I hear it, I like sing it, even though I can't say the word. Um, and I just feel it. So how about you? I go back and forth on this one too. Uh, catch me on a fun day, a fun, happy day. Um, I'll kill your friends and family to remind you of my love. Oh, oh so good. man, that is such a great uh, commentary on the king and the the whole brutal aspect of the British Empire and how naive the the king was and how in real life the king was actually kind of crazy mm-hmm. and those are the kinds of things that he would do yeah um, but I, I'll kill your friends and family to remind you of my love that's on, that's on a good day yep um, geez you know uh, on on a bad day uh, you're gonna you're gonna get me really getting emotional to when Burr says, what is it like in his shoes? Oh, yes. Um, just because, you know, I, I've i had 
quite a, a rivalry with uh, my own sister. And it, it, it's, I've always felt like my sister could do no wrong. Uh, and I, I've always... In the eyes of it, others. Yes, uh, in the eyes of others. And it always pissed me off. And I think that's why I connect to Burr on so many levels. Because it just... I feel that. I feel that angst. I feel mm. that pain. And you feel that you want to be in the room where it happens. Yeah, right? but I just... But what's it like? What's it like to not worry what's it like to just be good and just do whatever the hell you feel like and everybody praises you for it and i'm over here trying to be the best that i can and i'm just i'm getting treated like you know dog crap mm-hmm. um what is it like to be in his shoes or oh, what what is it like in his shoes uh, a fantastic beautiful line another great line that i like too is actually from hamilton and it's kind of a fun one as well he's way up otherwise i'd be socrates otherwise i'd be socrates throwing verbal rocks at these mediocrities. Oh, man. <laughs> what a cool line. Yes. I mean, Socrates throwing verbal oh, rocks at these mediocrities. What a cool line. All right. So I think everybody knows my favorite character already, but what is your favorite character? George Washington. How come? Because he's like as Gryffindor as they get. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. Oh, he's my spirit animal. I love George Washington. Can you feel it, guys? Who's my favorite founding father? Cop out. <laughs> the only one I know. <laughs> no. I um sorry if I just like broke your eardrums. No, people no, with, it's okay. People with earbuds right now are like, oh my god, Mary. You just love Calm down. You love Here comes the General Washington. Yes. You're welcome. Yes. Um <laughs> You know, in in this in in Hamilton, I just love his character. I love seeing him seeing him be strong and steady and human. Mm-hmm. Like very, very human. And knowing the burden that there is to be a leader, to have people relying upon you. Because even as a parent, I mean, I am not a general. I am not like leading troops to their death. But even just as a parent myself, I feel the burden of being responsible for other human beings mm-hmm. and still having to be portray myself to them, to even myself to fake it, of being strong, to try plans that may or may not work, but to have to do them with, with the, you know, dignity and to be able to do them strongly and to just like go in this leap of faith but as a leader of other people mm-hmm. um, and yeah and I just I love his relationship with Alexander and to see how that evolves oh, and his farewell I just can't yeah he, he's I can't w- actually written by Hamilton himself apparently which is that farewell which is actually really cool that was Hamilton's pen yeah um, and they, they make light of that in the show yeah. as Hamilton is singing it along with Washington and he steps back and they go st- step forward a really cool moment. Um, he, and, and Washington is great because he is such a godlike figure mm-hmm. in, in the American mythos, yeah. right? Um, he's, he's unapproachable. He's unassailable. He's, he's literally, he, he's a superhero mm-hmm. in, in a lot of people's eyes. And to have that legend, I, you know, I've said this before. It's like, it's like Luke Skywalker. Like, mm-hmm. Oh my God, it's Luke Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. But oh my God, it's, it's George Washington. Um, to have that legend be honored, mm-hmm. but also there's this moment too. He's like, can I be real a second? Just for a millisecond. Like everybody's saying, I got all this stuff and you know I'm elegant and all this other crap, but really I'm scared. I'm terrified. Uh, that moment with Washington having that 
be there and having him say that within the show makes him real and mm-hmm. makes him an approachable character finally, which I really liked. For me, obviously, as you if you cannot tell by now, my favorite character is Peggy. Uh, because no, I'm kidding. I, I <laughs> because we we call people Peggy. Yeah, if we don't know them or we can't remember their names, that's like literally what Blake and I do. Guys, we'll be like, "Oh, what's that person's name?" And I'll be like, "Peggy." I don't know, Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I laugh hysterically every single time. It never gets old. Mm-hmm. No, my favorite character obviously is is Burr. Uh, the way that Burr is written in this show, uh, his 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 angst uh but also his goal and he, he cares for his his wife theodosia and loves his daughter theodosia that kind of guy and, and the things that he does and how he does them and how he learns from hamilton and how they drive each other it's it's almost a a, a total exhibition in how you're supposed to write Mm-hmm. someone who's an antagonist mm-hmm. um and it, we're going to get into this further in later episodes you could even make an argument that hamilton himself is, is an antagonist you could even make an argument that the play should be called burr agreed uh and i just i love how they wrote aaron burr in this episode so do you have in this episode uh, i'm sorry in this episode man i'm so used to talking about television i know in I this know. in the play so do you have a favorite moment uh from from the play or, or a favorite moment from the soundtrack or something of that nature. Um, I will say my favorite moment of the play, uh, is right before intermission when, uh, cause we didn't, you and I like hadn't Googled like when does intermission happen? Right, right. And we were like, Oh, maybe it's this song. Maybe it's that song. Maybe this song. Maybe it's that song. And, um, What's really great about this musical and so many musicals, but how different songs are interwoven into the same song. You yes. know, it's very, uh, it's just this tapestry of of lyrics or little lines that keep on coming in. And to be able to see it performed on stage with pretty much the full cast coming out, having their own little lines. And it, it was just so beautifully blended and that you can actually hear the different lines. Because frequently when I see musicals, I can't understand. It's just right. like, it's, 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 it's noise. It's yeah. like, <laughs> like I have to sit down with the lyric book and be like, what are people singing right now? <laughs> um, and that I found to be very beautiful. For me, you know, I I really love nonstop and all the things that happen in there, especially when Hamilton goes to talk to Burr. Mm-hmm. And um, he says to Burr, um, do you approve of this constitution? And he says, oh, of course. And Hamilton says, then defend it. Yeah. Such a cool moment. Um, one of the moments that also really captures me is in the song Yorktown, uh, the Battle of Yorktown, mm-hmm. when uh, all the crowd starts singing uh, The World Turned Upside Down. Ah, oh, so good. And uh, I, like, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. Yeah. And as I listen to it, it's such a remarkable moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, the buildup to it. Um, Hamilton saying how the people are in the streets and they're drinking, they're flying, and the the British are being escorted out, and it, everything is building up to this crescendo, and then the world turned up. You know, like just it's just that soft. needs to be the new theme song for Game of Thrones. Oh, I know. <laughs> Sorry, King's Landing. Um, so it's just and what that means historically, what that means to the story itself. Uh, it's just a very special moment. Uh, between the two um, and of course I have to include a Burr moment Th- that Burr moment when he realizes oh, 
the world was wide enough for both Hamilton and me. I sh- what did I do? What did I do? And it's that moment. Uh, it, it, if you've watched on YouTube, you see it with Leslie Odom Jr. and and how sad and how pathetic he looks. Uh, but also in any in any of the other traveling shows too, you see it at, at that moment too. Mm-hmm. Um, and how he sees how he made his own mistakes. It wasn't just Hamilton's fault yeah. the way that he saw it originally. It was his fault. He should have been smart enough. He should have been better. Uh, and now, again, we're, we're talking about the show here. We're not necessarily talking about the historical figures. And that's one of the things I think I want to parse mm-hmm. with everybody here. We will be breaking down the show. We will discuss history. As a matter of fact, we talked to the uh, leading expert on Alexander Hamilton uh, in the world, essentially, uh, which is really cool. Uh, but when we talk about the the songs or the show itself, we're talking about the characters. We're talking about it as if this is a television show for a little bit. So I wanted to say that. Um, do you have a moment where you're like in, within the show itself where you're like, Ugh, that was not good. Like, is there a moment when you say, uh, I wish that was better? Um, Madison. Really? How come? It's just boring. He's <laughs> just a nothing. Like I learned nothing of him. I will also say a second runner up is that like suddenly I don't like Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, there's things about him anyway. It's very difficult, of course, because all of these guys lived at a different time and there were things that obviously in this day and age <laughs> we wouldn't funny. have agreed with. But like, you know, Jefferson comes in and you're like, whatever the hell you do in Monticello? What do you do in Monticello? Like, you seriously, suck, like, what's going on? Even though you're so fun, I kind of want to dance with you when you come back. What did I miss? Like, I would love to be on stage dancing with you, but I don't think we're friends. Like, you sit there and you're like, oh, my God, Thomas Jefferson. Yay. Oh, oh, we're not friends. And then Madison just like was really boring. So I don't actually know anything about Madison. Mm. Like I like when I watch the Tudors and I understand why not everybody was Catholic anymore in England. Thank you very much. The Tudors TV show for teaching me history. I was supposed to learn a book and I liked the Hamilton. I was like, oh my gosh, he never was president. So good. Mm -hmm. I don't know anything about Madison. Right. So... That's the only thing I would say. I like most of it. And really, that's it. I just don't feel like I learned anything about Madison. And I feel like I don't really like Thomas Jefferson anymore. Yeah. um, (laughs) Isn't that weird? (laughs) That's pretty funny. That's a natural thing. Because they set Jefferson up as a natural foe to Hamilton. And you're obviously supposed to care for Hamilton the way that the show intends you to. So they're painting Jefferson in in a bad light. Yeah. And again within the historical context of it, I mean, there, there were two camps. You were in the Jefferson camp or you were in the Hamilton camp. They, and, and what we'll get into in the next episode is you couldn't have been further away from each other than, than those yeah. two. Um, the only person that you could have been further away from is Adams. Uh, and John Adams... At least, like, he gets made fun of by the king. Like, yes. that's the thing where I was like, oh, like, Adams is just, like, a boring guy who's, like, yes. a little dweeb. Like, cool, I get this now. But Madison, Madison just feels like... Um, <laughs> 
Dean came off like Peter Pettigrew. You know, <laughs> like I hang out with the cool guys, but yes. I didn't really do anything. Like yes. not before he actually had a purpose. You know, mm, I totally agree. <laughs> like the high school version of Peter Pettigrew was Madison. He reminds he like he actually reminds me of the of the kid that hung out with Draco Malfoy that like disappeared in the eighth film because he yeah. got busted. Yeah. Oh, and then and then Jefferson, like Jefferson to me was like how I thought of James Potter. Like you're like James Potter's so great. James Potter's so great. Oh my god. Wait, wait, Am hold I on. not supposed to like James Potter? <laughs> I feel really weird that he ends up with Lily Potter now. I don't know how I feel about James Potter. Like that is it. James Potter equals Jefferson and um Madison equals Peter Pettigrew in high school. Yes, absolutely. Totally agree. Uh, for me, it's actually kind of dorky in that I kind of want, wanted more from Adams because those two hated each other so badly. Mm-hmm. They couldn't stand the very sight of each other uh, in real life. I wanted more of that. Um we got a little bit of it. I would like to see some dumpy guy come out as John Adams and like Hamilton just make fun of him to everybody. I would like to have seen that. Um, but, you know, that's okay. It happens. The other thing I kind of skip over sometimes mm-hmm. uh, is like satisfied. Oh. I, within the, the story of Hamilton, the musical, Angelica to me is a character that is there. Okay. But she doesn't do anything to real. I mean, she she passes Eliza off mm-hmm. to to Hamilton, which is great. But uh, aside from that, she's nothing more than a, a way in for the the audience mm-hmm. to see it from a larger perspective. And I kind of get sick of satisfied. Okay. Uh, because it really doesn't mean anything. I mean, it means like something that's to one her. That you'll skip everyone's. Yeah, time. I, I, I just, I'm like, I'm like, okay. Because I skip Skylar Sisters. See, I like the Skylar Sisters. I, I mean, I, I'll skip that song sometimes too, but it introduces you to those characters and it tells you pretty much what you need to know about them. I skip it because I can't do whoa, whoa, work. I can't do it. <laughs> work. I can't. So I, I skip it because I'm jealous. I, I've grown on, I've grown on that song, but uh, sometimes I'll skip Satisfied because I just, um, whatever. I mean. It doesn't really do anything to affect the plot, so I get sick of it. Uh, even though it's sung beautifully or whatever, you know, it's fine. Uh, your favorite memory of Hamilton? What do you have like, as it relates to our experience going to see it or listening to it? What's your favorite memory hmm. that you have of Hamilton? Um, like forcing you to listen and lay down in bed and we literally laid down in bed guys like nerds both of us with our heads on pillows and I pushed play and we just like looked up at the ceiling and it's and Blake's like (laughs) (laughs) and we did that for a couple of nights and then suddenly Blake was crying while Uh, listening so that's true that's my favorite memory of Hamilton how about you my favorite memory of Hamilton is actually is is one that I've thought about for a long time and... <laughs> Excuse me, I sneezed. Oh, wow, that's my girl. Um, <laughs> what does that have to be with being a girl? Uh, I've thought about this. I've gone back and forth with this a lot. I feel like I've said that a lot this podcast, but it's Ooh, true. I, I, I Lots of reflection. I have a lot you. of reflection on this. My favorite moment from Hamilton is the next day after seeing the show, we were driving home. We had We had like an hour and a half drive, maybe a little bit more. Back to uh, back to Providence, and I remember wanting to listen to the soundtrack, and I put it on, mm-hmm. and I was like, 
you do, do, you, do you want to listen to this? Like, cause we had just, we just, we had watched just it. seen it. You know, we just watched it, you know, we were, and Mary's looking at me like, does he really want to listen to this? I don't know. Cause it came on our phones and, and we both looked at each other. We realized, yeah, we absolutely we want to listen to we this. We need to like now revisit it now that we know what it looks like. <laughs> we need to listen and we listened to every single song pretty much. Yep. And, um, we, we skipped over satisfied, but, uh, <laughs> I, I remember that look at you and being like, oh my God, she's into this too. All right, cool. Like, that's what we're going to do. We're, that, that geek out dorky moment between us. We were mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're, we're those dorks who are going to listen to this <laughs> yep. after we just spent two and hours and 45 minutes watching it. Let me tell you, if you it. do not do that when you finally get to see Hamilton, <laughs> I'm going to be shocked because yes. I feel like everyone who pays the money to go see this absurdly expensive show takes the time to do this right now while it's still super hot. Y'all are going to do it. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, that is it for this episode. It's just, a, again, an introduction to Mary and I, our favorite yeah. things about it, some of the things we wish that could have gotten better. We will be doing more uh, episodes, breaking things down specifically, uh, and, and more importantly, I think the next episode, actually, I know the next episode will be our history-based podcast episode, where we will be speaking with... Uh, a real historian, someone who knows what they're talking about, giving us a control, essentially, a control of who the real Hamilton was and how we can balance that against the show Hamilton, uh, in, in addition to all the other characters that are within the play as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Mavin, you ready to close this bad boy out? Truly. All right, let's do it. You'll be back soon, you'll see. You remember you belong to me. You'll be back, time will tell You'll remember that I served you well Oceans rise, empires fall We have seen each other through it all And when push comes to shove I will send a fully armed battalion To remind you of my love Well, ladies and gents, that's it. That's our premiere episode for Rise Up, the Hamilton podcast with Mary and Blake. What do you think, Blake? I am really excited about this show. Agreed. Agreed. I'm not going to lie. I'm so freaking jacked. I'm pumped. This is so cool, man. Just listening to freaking Hamilton. Hamilton. Like geeking out, learning things about history that I was supposed to have learned in 11th grade. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> so as a reminder, you can find all of this stuff at maryandblake.com. Just check out our website there and you'll see it all in our little slider that we got there. It says, rise up. A Hamilton podcast. A Hamilton friggin' podcast. Huge shout out to our Outlander cast patrons who made this podcast possible. Honestly, without you and your support of Blake and I as podcasters, we would not have been able to do this. So thank you. Thank you. And uh, you'll be back. I'm Mary. My, my name's Blake. I don't really know how we end this show yet. We haven't figured that out. And you're supposed to say, and rise up. Oh. <laughs> Rise up, guys. Oh, my God. You know what? You're just looking at me. I'm looking at you, and I'm like, I'm in uncharted territory, man. I've never done this podcast Looking at you, looking at me, looking at you. I don't even know. (laughs) Where's my coffee? All right, why don't we try it again? I'm Peggy. (laughs) (laughs) You can't beat it. You could be Madison. That's just as good, right? Oh, we are not a professional podcasting duo. I'm Mary. My name's Blake. And you've been listening to rise up. No, you're supposed to say and rise up. Well, you didn't write it in the Google Drive. (laughs) 
Okay, I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I read what's written and you wrote nothing. I'm Mary. My name's Blake. And rise up. Right? Yes, that's perfect. And rise up? Or is there no and? There's nothing in this document. No, there is just and. white space. What do you think? Do you want to do and? No, I'm going to mix it up every time if there's nothing ever written. Let's try this. <laughs> I'm Mary. My name's Blake. Rise up, ladies and gents. Whoa. Remix. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.